0: it's time now for the complete story with rich and dick bot a public news and information feature of bot radio network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day now here are rich and dick bot with today's complete story Uh, you
1: know folks each individual person has their own thoughts and ideas and things they want to say so here i sit with my terrible, terrible voice, but that's all I've got. So if you can put up with it, I can put up with it until there is nothing left. Now I want you to think for a moment. Uh, When Doris Akers recorded this song many, many years ago, it has really been one of my very favorites. But today, today for goodness sakes, people are saying, is there any peace? Is there any
2: peace? Here she is. Is there any peace? Is there any peace? Anywhere, just anywhere, do you know a friend who will take the time to give you words? cheer. There is only one that I know. He's the one to whom we can go. Is there any peace? Yes, there Only in the Lord.
1: And of course, that is where perfect peace is found, without a doubt. All right, Rich, we have a guest here, but what were you going to say?
0: We do. Well, I was going to say Doris Akers has a clear, crystal clear voice. Isn't that beautiful? What
1: we have today is a collision between right and wrong. We have a terrible collision. It's not politics, folks. It's not Republican versus Democrat. So just forget that. It's what you believe versus what you believe is evil. People no longer even know what marriage is anymore. They don't even know which is a boy and which is a girl. I mean, stop and think, folks. For goodness sakes. Now, I heard Patricia. Ashley on Focus on the Family, and then another program with Dr. Jim Dobson, and at other times, and every time I hear her, I think she is real. She tells it like it is. Introduce her for us, Rich.
0: Well, Patricia Ashley has touched thousands of lives through her teaching, writing, and anointed ministry of the Word. She's been involved with child evangelism, youth ministry, and has taught effective women's Bible study. She's the author of Marriage is a Blessing. Pat has a God-given ability to communicate with a rare combination of authority, practicality, and humor. While standing on the Word of God, she remains warm, giving, and easy to touch. As she shares the reality of her life experiences, her stories are laced with humor, yet filled with wisdom and sage counsel. Although Pat is a noted conference and seminar speaker, many benefit from her personal ministry of exhortation, where she speaks the truth in love.
3: All right, here she is, folks. See what you think. My testimony is that when I got saved, I didn't know that God was going to save my marriage. I thought he was just going to save me. It was like my marriage being saved was a byproduct of me being saved. It wasn't as a result of anything that I did to develop my marriage or to work on my marriage. At the point where I was saved, I was sick of my relationship. And my husband was equally as sick of his relationship with me. Do you understand me? (laughs) We, We mutually say that to people. You know, we were literally at the end. Our marriage was dead, waiting to be buried. I mean, when I say it was dead, and some of you all are gonna relate to what I'm saying if you'll be honest. When I say it was dead, I mean that I didn't love my husband. I didn't hate him. I wasn't glad to see him come. I wasn't glad to see him go. It didn't make a difference what time he came in or if he came in at all. Do y'all, that's dead, huh? No feeling. He didn't make me happy. He didn't make me sad. He didn't even make me mad anymore. That's where our relationship was. It was dead. And so you know what that does to a marriage. And along with about five years of being unsaved in the military with no one to be accountable to, we were literally at the end. And we just had one thing in common. We both dearly loved our two children. And that was what God used to hold us together. But after a while, that wasn't reason enough. And so I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And as a result, I began to read my word, not knowing what God was gonna do with that. And my husband, he accepted Jesus in our dining room. And he began to read his word. And we were so, our lives were so isolated. We were so divorced emotionally, spiritually, and physically that He would read his Bible in one room, and I would read my Bible in another room. And as far as I was concerned, he had his Jesus, and I had mine. You understand what I'm saying? Now, where we at the end, I mean, we would, even after getting saved, I just, there was so, after so much hurt, after so much disappointment, after so much disillusionment, you understand, just dead in the eye, I don't even want to feel good about you no more. You understand what I'm saying? Do y'all, y'all follow me now because we're gonna be real in here? I don't even want you to make me feel good anymore. Because see, to feel good, then I gotta feel bad again. My emotions must surface. And just let's just leave them alone. And that's where my marriage was. And as we grew in the Lord and as we began to read the word, not even trying to be friends with each other again, not even trying to develop a relationship. We just started reading the word and 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 loving the Lord and allowing ourselves to learn who Jesus was. God allowed a situation to happen in one of our friends' lives and we had to pray together. And when I found myself with my husband at the foot of our bed on our knees praying, we prayed and as we began to cry out and pray together to the same God, little did we know that when we raised up our heads and we looked at each other, God had quickened our dead marriage. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? He had quickened it, and he had made it alive. The God that we serve, he specializes in resurrecting that which is dead. Some of us, rigor mortis, has set up in our marriages. And, and And I mean when we look at our marriage from the perspective of what God has designed for marriage. We've come, we've gone so far from what God intended for the marriage to to be. And we need God to resurrect it. We need God to make it alive again. And with that will come healing, but it's only at the feet of Jesus in his presence because as I grew in the Lord and began to read the word and just focus on the Lord, I had no expectations of my husband. Only of the Lord. And God began to fill me with his love. And with that love, God started healing me. Fifteen years ago, God resurrected my dead marriage. And it didn't happen because I wanted it to happen or because I knew it could happen. My marriage is right now a bonus of my relationship with my God. Come on now, praise him. I'm telling the truth. It is not because I had the sense or the wisdom enough to do the things that God required of me as a godly wife. Ladies, let me tell y'all, my husband got saved just because God wanted him saved. I didn't have sense enough to pray for him to get saved. God just saved him. And as a result of that, because we just both started growing in our relationship, God knitted our hearts back together. And now the love that we experience, it's different. Do you all hear what I'm saying? The commitment is different. And what we began to do is we began to go to the word after we realized we liked each other again. (laughs) That's where we started at. We just, I just like you. Let's not deal with all this other stuff. And let's not try to get romantic or you know. I just like you again. I respect you again. Come on now, you know how you can do that. You lose respect for, they lose respect for you. They become bitter and indifferent and cold. And you become angry and hard and cold yourself. And what we began to do was we began to invest time. When we saw that God had invested in our marriage, we made a commitment to invest into it. And then we went to the word. We began to look at what the word of God had to say about marriage. Because you see, what we found out is all the way back over in Genesis, that marriage itself, originated in the heart of God. It was in the wisdom of God. It wasn't because somewhere in time, man found woman, woman found man. It wasn't in the heart or the mind of man. God didn't just create man and woman and let them discover each other. He made them for each other. In the beginning, man, God said, it's not good for man to be alone or woman to be alone. The word says in Proverbs eighteen twenty-two, it says that whosoever, meaning your husband, findeth a wife, meaning you, he has found a good thing and have obtained favor of the Lord. So now ladies, I want you to go back home and tell your husbands, precious, call him precious, speak faith. Sweetheart, you have found a good sign <laughs> in me. And because you have me, I don't care what you act like, but just because you have me, you have favor in God's sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, now that's what the words say. You must say what the words say. How many of you believe in saying what the words say? That's what you got to say. Now you might not think he's worth it. Sometimes we don't. We don't think they deserve us as being good things. And some of us have been so beaten down and so criticized that we don't feel like that's the heart of God. But God says, be healed today and get the mind of God. Think the thoughts of God. Know that regardless to how your husband just don't know. And you have to tell him. I don't care what he's acting like. Tell him you found favor with God because you found me. Now what does that do to you? It puts you in a position where you've got to be a good thing. <laughs> Meaning that his heart must be able to safely trust in you. That you'll do him no harm. Meaning that you are going to be sensitive to him. And that you're going to adapt your lifestyle to what his needs are. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's what the Bible says. If we just get the mind of God, now I know we got to get healed and we gotta get a new attitude. But if we just say what the Bible says, the Bible says that when God looked at man, he saw that he needed a helper. And so we as females were created to be helpers. Come on now, now I know in this new age movement, where the God is within us and we can believe it, we can achieve it, and you have to make sacrifices. So, honey, sacrifice your marriage, sacrifice your children, and you have to achieve some of your goals in life, honey, because when you sacrifice yourself and give your whole life to this man and to your children, they will all up and leave you one day. That's the kind of foolish counsel that we get from the world and sometimes from sisters in the church. But do you know what? I know, and God brought me to a place as much as I love my father and enjoy him. And I think my father's a great man. Even when my mother used to get on his nerve and he used to get on her nerve, even when I used to get upset with him about some of the things he did, to me, he was always a big man in my sight. There was nothing he couldn't do. And you know what? I had to take all of that admiration and I had to connect that to my husband. God had to begin to show me areas, not focus on his negatives, but focus on his positives. While he's still performing the negatives. Come on now, you saw something in him. Start focusing on his positives and start letting him know. And let me tell you something. When you compliment a man, and all of them are like this, even if they crazy, all of them are like this, giving them truth, not flattery, But when you give your husband true compliments, and when you say true positive things to him about him, it is like putting water on a plant. Even if they reject it, even if they act like it didn't move them. Believe me, if you walk out the room and peek back at them, they like it. That's why our daughters are able to steal our husband's heart cause they get out up under the car while he's changing it and they lay there and watch him work on the car. Come on now, my daughter's 20 years old and, and, and my, there's nothing my husband won't do for her. And they had that kind of relationship and I wondered how did she have his heart? She would sit up at the dinner table, five years old. I learned from my five year old daughter how to deal with my husband. She would sit up at the dinner table and she wouldn't even have to talk. She'd just point for what she wanted and he'd get it. I said, what? And I said, I'm going to watch her and whatever she does, I'm going (laughs) to do. Are you all listening ladies? I'm telling you how to experience fulfillment. When he'd be working on the car, she would go out there and lay up under the car or sit down on the side of the car and talk to him. So I started going out there sitting at the side of the car talking. And when he'd be out in the backyard cutting the grass, she'd be walking up and down the grass with him and talking to him. Guess what? I started walking up and down the grass and I started talking to him. And when he came home from work, I'm telling you how to do it, ladies. When when he come home from work, she'd run to the door. Now she did this until she left home. She'd run to the door and be so glad to see him. How you doing, daddy? Give him a big hug and just act like her day had just begun. And guess what, ladies? Hey! I felt like this girl's got his heart. I want it. And I'm not gonna compete for it because I want him to have a good relationship with her. But I believe his heart is big enough for me and her. And little by little, now at first he was suspicious and he thought I was crazy. But I was a woman on a mission. Do you hear me? Yes, that's why marriages are falling apart today. I'm telling you. Listen, love reciprocates. After a matter of time, guess what started happening? Girl, or as they say, girlfriend, he started rubbing my feet and taking my shoes off. Yeah, I started telling him all. a while. I got to be honest with you. It took a while. But God had to test me. God said, are you doing this to please me? Or are you just doing it to reap the benefits? I said, God, if I got to stand before you to give an account, and, and we're going to do that, ladies. If you're married, you're going to stand before God to give an account. If you're going to stand before God to give an account for the kind of wife that you are, get your feelings healed. They are hurt, some of them. Set your affections on things above. You know what happens when you do that? You stop having expectations out of your mate and you take the stress off of your marriage and you free him up, because you know what? If there's something wrong with you, there's probably something wrong with him. Or if there's something wrong with him, there's probably something wrong with you. Because you chose each other. Yeah, and and for the most part, we as women can see good from our perspective. And we can just see what we're enduring and what we're going through. But if we were to look at some of our relationships from our husband's perspective and see the world through their eyes and feel the world through their emotions, then we would see that they have as many needs as we do. And it's a mutual thing. But we must come to a place if we're going to experience fulfillment is to to release our expectations and say, God, I don't expect him to be sensitive to me, but I expect you to be sensitive through him to me. I don't expect him to love me unconditionally, but I expect you to love me unconditionally through him. But God, all of my expectations is in you. I expect you to teach him how to be sensitive to me as the weaker vessel. I expect you to do it through him to me. Now, come on, what what have you done? You've placed that weight on God. You've cast those cares on God. And you can know that he's able because of who he is. And then you must know that God is for your marriage. He's for the success of your marriage. Whether or not you chose him or not, God would desire to choose him for us. But most of us get ahead of God. And God has to make the wrong one the right one. Come on now. But he's able. He can do anything. God would have that our marriage would accomplish, that the marriage would be protected. Let me tell you something, whether your husband is saved or unsaved, do you know whether he's saved or unsaved? God can use him to protect you. Because if the truth were told by each one of you, if you can think of something, things that your husband warned you of, relationships that your husband disapproved of, and some of your other girlfriends, as that relationship developed, you found that there were things in it that was just a dead end. You ended up hurt or betrayed, or you ended up being used, or you ended up, and he tried to rise up to protect you by saying, you know what, there's something wrong with her. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel good. And even unsaved men, I have listened to things that Christian women have told me that their unsaved husbands told them. And I said to myself, it couldn't be closer to the gospel if he hadn't read it out of the word. Because God will sanctify him and anoint him and use him to protect you, even if he's unsaved. Because that's what God intended for the marriage to accomplish. And sometimes, they say marriage is like flies at a screen. You got those waiting to get out and those waiting to get in. <laughs> some of us are waiting for excuses to abandon and abort our marriages. And we wait for an opportunity for our husbands to do what some of these folk tell us it's okay to do. But if it was okay to divorce your husband because he was in, found in adultery, then why do you deal with the guilt afterwards? Why do you deal with it? But let me tell you something. There is no way around the guilt, and guilt is an indicator. Just like you scream when somebody burn you with something hot, it's an indication that there's something wrong there. And you have to deal with that guilt. And I have met married couples who's now remarried. God has blessed them in a second relationship, but every last one of them that is living in the real blessings of God, you know why it is? Because they said that they came to a point where they submitted and they began to realize that what it took to make the second marriage successful, the same amount of prayer, I'm telling you now, the things that they were running from in that first marriage, they met in the second marriage. The things that they had to overcome in the first marriage, they were confronted to overcome. They had to still overcome those things. And I've heard a lot of ladies say, I had to first admit that I had to ask God to forgive me for divorcing my first husband. I've had to ask God to forgive me for divorcing my first husband. And then, after I asked him to forgive me and I repented, then I asked God to help me to make this one a success. And those are the couples that when I listen to them, I hear real opportunities. And I see the blessings of God in their marriage. But now for those of you that have experienced that and you've gone through it, guess what? Don't keep that a secret. You should start investing into the marriages of other people. You should become men and women that's committed to the success of other people's marriage. Because you know how violent divorce is. You know how it's a tearing. You know how painful it is. I'm going to say this in closing. My husband left to go to Greenland for a year. And we were separating on good terms. And do you know when that when the Packers came in to our living room to get his personal belongings that he would need for that year, no one told me how painful it was going to be on good terms. There was something uncontrollable inside of me that caused me to wanna to run and leap on the back of the Packers and say, no, put it down. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was violent. There was a tearing that took place in my heart. And when you divorce, there's like a ripping and a tearing that takes place in your heart and it's painful and you must, if God has restored you and you are recovering in a second marriage, you have a responsibility to encourage young couples and people whose marriages that you know are in trouble. And you know when you see folk with their marriages, you know what they look like. Because you know what you looked like. You know how you felt. You can listen to women. You can look at women and tell when they're in pain and when they're going through. Come on now. This is tight. But I'm telling you what God said. Do you hear me? We have got to do this. God, Get in God's face. Don't take my word for it. Get
1: it from him. Ask God. Yeah. I tell you what, Rich, that's a piece of reality. That's a piece of reality. Now, give the listeners our comment line.
0: The listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. one 345 2621 And
1: we really do appreciate, especially from some of the areas, of Rapid City, South Dakota, we receive comments from listeners there, but not enough. Mm. And wherever you're hearing Bot Radio Network, we want to hear from you.
0: Especially some of the new areas, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Keokuk, Iowa, and Sonora, California.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this is Dick Bot and my son, Rich, with this chapter The Complete Story as a public service, even with my crazy old voice. Yeah. I'll see you later.